County of Los Angeles. If you go to Dun & Bradstreet, you scroll down. This is this is very upsetting and very wild. It says here, doing business as Los Angeles County Tax Collector. You are listening to End If Love Remains, a unique show spotlighting people, ideas, science, culture, and art. Your host, Mike Lovett. Mike Lovett. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to that great podcast in the sky. And if love remains, this is Mike Levitt, your sometimes virtuous, occasionally vile, always virile host. With your help, we will go viral by you doing that thing that you do. Subscribing, sharing, you know, all that, all that good stuff. Appreciate you doing that. Um, I have on the line today, Brandon Joe Williams, and, and we've got some interesting subjects to talk about, some um, really cool ideas and, and, uh, maybe controversial. I don't know, but I, I like that. We'll, we'll go into that. So Brandon, um, is a state national of California author and common law lawyer and founder of the amnesty coalition. Uh, it's a group that aims to address the slave state framework that is created by webs of legal contracts and documents like birth certificates, social security cards, and the U S citizen fraud system. After a successful career in sales and marketing, Brandon is now devoting his full-time work to research and experimentation in becoming a state national and writing his third book on martyrdom and escapism. He is also the author of Don't Be a Slave to Your Clients and Love is a Battery. Brandon, welcome to And If Love Remains. Good to have you, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. So first of all, um, tell me, tell me a little bit about your background and, and how you got into this, you know, uh, state nationalism and, and, you know, like, it sounds like you had a career in sales that, that was successful. So talk a little bit about that and, and then how you, you know, how you kind of morphed into what you're doing now. Yeah. So I was, um, uh, in sales for a long time, many, many, many years. And then I eventually got tired of making no money and struggling. So I went out and I bought like some ungodly amount of books. I got really turned on to a guy named uh, Dan S. Kennedy, and I ended up reading. He was really big in the in the late eighties, mid, mid mid to late eighties, early nineties, mid nineties, and then um, that was kind of like his heyday. And he was the the king or the god of direct marketing through print magazines and and direct letters and stuff like that, right? And um, um. So I read, he's got like 29 or 36 books, something like that. I read a bunch of his books, all of his books, actually. I read Sergio Zeman's books, The End of Marketing as We Know It, The End of Advertising as We Know It. I read um, uh, tons of sales books, marketing books, uh, you name it, right? Uh, Grant Cardone books. Um, and I started to get, become really successful in sales. This was probably around 2018 is when I really started to kind of get really good at it. But I had been involved in marketing and sales for <laughs> a long time before that, probably eight years. And um, so, so that's kind of like my background. And then, and then all of that research and all of my working and all of my testing and all of my everything culminated in the, the writing of my own book on sales and marketing, which was 
a, a super, super dumbed down, really, really simplified version of all of the most important things that I felt that I had learned over reading 150 books and testing things and doing all sorts of other craziness. And it's a very, very easy, simple to read guide on a lot of really advanced subjects and, and information that a person should know when they're doing sales and marketing. Okay. Mm. And then, and then sales and marketing, the, the most, the most influential book I ever read on on sales is a book called uncensored sales strategies by Sydney Biddlebaros. And it's the only book I've ever read on sales by a woman. And she said that there's three types of sales, brute force, consensual, and romance. She, she okay. relates, she relates sales to seduction and she relates seduction to sex basically. Yeah. Sales and sex is the same thing um, in terms of how she explains it, right? And I just loved that. I just absolutely right. loved that whole idea. And her whole book is all about seducing your your clientele in a way where they love it. Like mm-hmm. they wanna they want to pick up your sales calls. They're they're like excited about it, right? Which is like insane, but that's how high level. No, absolutely. Is. I, I'll tell you, having having spent some time in sales myself, I think like it's all about relationships. And so if you're taking it from that that aspect, man, that's that's huge. That's a that's a wonderful um, concept to think about. Yeah. So my my book infuses a lot of that into it, and it infuses how do you create the romance, and it's a, it's a whole that 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 study and that research for that I did for so many years culminated in a lot of realizations about love, dating, and sex. Because it's basically the same fucking thing. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wrote my second book called Love is a Battery. So it's the application of marketing and sales technology to love, sex, and romance. But it, 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 there's nothing in there about, 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 lo- about marketing and sales. It's just, it's the same idea as seduction, right? Right. And uh, basically what it is, is, is it's, 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 it's a, it's a, my original name I was going to give to it was, uh, 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 love, uh, uh, learning how to love for nerds. Right. That was kind of like my, my, um, you know, my, my original name for <laughs> my original name for my marketing and sales book was actually, um, I've never actually even told anybody this hardly at all was, uh, uh, your business is a whore, close your legs and regain your sanity. Uh, that's great. That was my that was the uh, original that was my original name and then and then I had a lot of people like totally freak out around me and they're like you can't do that dude you're fucking <laughs> cra- you're insane. So I I watered well, it's it down. definitely descriptive. I watered it down, but I always promised I promised people at, at one point in time I'm going to re rebrand my book and just put all the same words under another cover and it's going to be two books but it's going to be the same insights and it's going to have that name cuz I have to complete that at some point. But the second book, uh, "Love Is a Battery," it's it's um it's a book about uh, how the physics and laws of energy exchange in direct and alternating current. Once you learn those, they apply exactly, directly, and scientifically to the world of love, sex, and romance. Hmm. So it's a it's a scientific, physics based breakdown of how seduction actually works. Uh, mechanically. Wow. That's, I mean, that sounds interesting. And, and uh, um, you know, on a, it's funny, some of these things, like how they, how they relate together. Um, I, I just had a, a Ben Hyde on a couple of, a couple of people on I've had that, that talk about 
you know, kind of the electric universe theory and, and the idea being that that we're yes you know we are electronic beings in a way like not electronic from a standpoint of of, of devices but from a standpoint of like we are all nodes in, in this electronic plasma field and and that that you know we relate each other we relate with each other um and to our surroundings through charge negative and positive and and you know all of those things and it sounds kind of um new agey and stuff but i i i tell you i buy it i think i think there's a lot of truth to to you know what they're talking about and and the um i guess it's relatable to me you know yeah and my book my book is not new agey it's more like like a nerd like a nerd nerdy I'm, yeah I'm, yeah i'm more nerdy right so it's more of a nerdy but it's but it's not like super crazy like like deep nerdy where you got to like think and shit it's 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 a very basically what what love as a battery is is it's it's basically a letter to the 18 year old me okay right on that's what the book actually is so um if I could go back in time and give myself at 18 years old a, a, a letter or, or a body of information, it would be that book. Interesting. Um, like where, if people are interested in getting these books, are they available? Where would you find them? Uh, you can get them on Amazon. Uh, you can type in uh, love is a battery uh, book and you can type in don't be a slave book and they, they both should come up or type in my okay. name, Brandon Joe Williams probably will come up. Talk to me about how you, how you got into, I don't know if if you would consider um, what you're doing politically as um, listen. I am I am all for um, you know trying to get around destroying. I think the state is an, an, an immoral um, thing that that uh, that we should avoid and and destroy. It, you know that that's kind of where I'm coming from. But um, tell me about your your political philosophy. And, and I, by the way, and I, I say that because the stuff that you say and the stuff that, that we're going to talk about, I think is deeply important and it's important because I want it to be true. I'm not sure if it is, but I want it to be. And so any skepticism I think comes from that standpoint. Um, it's somebody who wants to believe. So, so tell me about your political stuff and how you got um, interested in, in uh, state sovereignty, uh, state nationalism, um, those kind of ideas. Yeah. So, so first and foremost, I think one of the reasons why I do so well on the shows and why people like listening to me so much is because I had someone try to tell me about this shit for like two years and I was like, fuck you, bro. Like I didn't want to hear none of it. I was like, you are bat shit crazy. This is terrifying. God, no. And I had this lady who was just so kind. She's such a kind lady and she would just bring it up. Just, you know, you would really like it. And, you know, it's, it's right up your alley. Everything you tell me about how you feel and your political thing. I'm like, nope, fuck you. Right? For two years, solid. Wow. And then one day I, I took over this landscaping company I got for free with a buddy of mine. And I put a lot of work into it. And I had two of my closest friends working in the company. And the employment development department, the payroll tax department of the uh, California, the state of California decided they wanted to show up on my job site randomly trespass and draw up some, some BS bill and send it to me. That was going to wipe out the whole company. And people were like, make a payment plan. And I'm like, bro, I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to feed the mafia. This is, this is bullshit. I'm not <laughs> right. doing this. Right. So that's when I finally called Nancy, my friend. And I said, you know, Nancy, 
I think I'm ready to listen to your spiel now. And um, so I went over there and uh, listened to her for a while. She gave me some of the really like super basic, super ultra ground level shit. And I said, okay, this is really interesting. I need to learn a lot more about this. And and for about, I went online, started, started trying to find some information, couldn't find anything. Went on uh, Amazon, started buying books. Books, 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 probably 26 books, something like that. Okay. And I just started reading. And I didn't do shit. I didn't do nothing, didn't file no paperwork, didn't call nobody. I didn't even tell anybody I was doing this. Um, and I read probably 26 books, probably in that time period. And after reading all those books, I decided what I wanted to do is there's no information about any of this stuff on the internet. I would like to make a centralized free resource where I can culminate all of this information on, on a, on a website that anyone can come and read. And I've already, I already had published two books successfully previously. So it was almost like a third book basically. So it wasn't really like all that daunting to me. It was actually very exciting. And so uh, I was actually working on the first version of my website, which was all text-based. I didn't have my video course or anything else. I was working on that secretly in the shadows without telling anybody from January, probably like the early to mid-January of 2022, all the way up until when I launched my website on March 14th of 2022. And I was writing all the text and writing all the text and rewriting it and expanding it and researching it and doing this and doing that and doing that. I was working on it hours and hours and hours and hours every single day for like two months, two and a half months. And then I launched my website. It was all text. It was way smaller, way less awesome than it is now. Um, uh, and I, I launched my, my state national theory page. And just a couple other little pages. Uh, there wasn't much there, actually. Uh, you can probably go to like a time machine, like the online time machine website and type in my website and you can probably go back and, and take a look. It's pretty interesting how how much it's it's changed. Um, yeah. And I started getting a couple of hundred people to the website and it was like, oh, it's kind of interesting, but it's like it's like this 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 metric ton of text that's just a wall of text. And and it just wasn't the greatest thing in the world. And there, but there was a lot of people who were like, this is the greatest thing ever. I can't believe this. this is, I've been looking for this for 20 years, 20 years ago, I saw this information and I couldn't find any information on it. I've been looking for this for 20 years. Uh, I heard about this 10 years ago, blah, blah. I, I heard that. I still to this day hear that all the time, like almost every day. And, um, so after, after March 14th, 2022, at that point, I, 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 was, I was still like rewriting and expanding and clarifying the information on the website, like almost every single day or every two or three days. It was, it's a constant, constant thing. I started doing shows on YouTube with a buddy of mine named Joe Lustica, like all the new updates, research breakthroughs, et cetera. Then uh, people were asking me for some kind of an audiovisual presentation over and over and over. I heard it 15,000 times a day. And I said, no, because if you can't read or you don't want to read, then you're not going to have any success with any of this anyway. So what's the point? Because <laughs> you're, you're going That's into a the good you're, filter. You're going into the statutes and looking at words all day long. I mean, what are you going to do? There's no video. There's no video on this. There's no audio. It doesn't exist. Right. We're right. lucky to even have the fucking text on the internet. You know, a, long, a while ago, 20 years ago, you had to go down to the fucking law library and dig through books. And it was just like, you know, it's just crazy, craziness. So, um, 
I launched my 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 free contract killer course, which is basically my my text based page in video form with singing, dancing, kind of in my chair, making jokes, hilarious shit. Just like it's like a it's like a whole presentation. It's like a whole freaking song and dance. It's like a freaking parade. Okay. Right. I launched that on on July second of twenty twenty two, and that's when things started to take off big time. Um, and, and, and at that point in time, I was, I was at maybe 260 people to the website and now I'm probably, I'm, I'm at around 24,000 a month. Um, wow. That's great. To the website. And, uh, we've had probably 46,000 people sign up for the course and it's gone totally international. I had three people from Belgium last week, come and visit me. Um, so that's interesting that it has that international appeal. So yeah, that's, that's I wasn't wild. expecting that. There was two things that have happened that I wasn't expecting. Number one, it's mostly women. Was not expecting that. I'm not complaining either. Second thing is uh, it went international way faster than I thought it would. Way faster than I thought it would. It was in, it was in UK like that. Um, by, by probably November, it was already starting to grow a lot in UK. Uh, Australia has got a lot of issues. It, it was always growing in Australia, but Australia seems to be very interested in this subject just in general. And then, and then Belgium over the past several months uh, has become probably one of the strongest countries in terms of interest in this subject. For interesting, apparently it's it's total warfare over there. I di- I didn't know that. Um, so yeah, Canada. I get some Canada stuff, but it's sort of like, hey, how does this apply to Canada? And then it's like, I don't know take a look and see if you can piece it together. And then I don't hear from them again. That's, that's pretty much Canada. And then everywhere else, everywhere else, um, you know, I haven't heard, I haven't heard much from really. Okay. So, so, and that makes sense because Canada, UK, Australia, and, and actually New Zealand, which I've gotten several people to reach out to me from, from what I know, which is not super great. It's all fairly similar. Like, like the, like the, like the body of, law and the body of this uh, this information like the like the roots the like going back in time these countries are are very similar in terms of like the root structure that makes sense yeah i wouldn't doubt if canada australia new zealand and uk are almost the same fucking thing that we have here in america with different names for everything and maybe right. different structure lines like flow lines besides that it's 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 probably mostly the same damn thing honestly interesting yeah i know you you're probably i mean it's got that English common law background, yeah. you know, Magna yeah. Carta, yes. Parliament, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So I um, I started down this road as an as a as a solution, an extreme solution to solve the problem of my company being wiped out by the Employment Development Department, and it was successful. But the thing is, is that as these doors started to open, I would be like, Oh, there's a door here. And I'd walk through that one. And then it'd be four more. And I'd be like, Oh God, this is, this goes farther than this. Hmm. Interesting. Go through that door. And then, okay. And there's eight more doors open now. Okay. Okay. This is, this is getting really interesting. And then, and then before I knew it, it was just, I'm like a kid in a candy store all day, every day. And right. it's just deeper and deeper and deeper. Just when I think I've hit the bottom, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Now I go to sleep and my nightmare is the day that 
I do actually hit the bottom because then then all my fun is going to be ruined and I'm going to be very, very sad. Well, I, I'll tell you, and, and I want to continue the story, but but I, I want to say like one of the things that really interested me um, is, first of all, the, the, the concept of of the state's you know, being sovereign, having created the the federal government, not the other way around, I think is a lost subject. Um, and, and that in, in the same way, we, the people being members of the state, um, you know, are citizens of that state. And it was always that way until the, until the civil war. And so I, that history yes. is really fascinating to me. Um, and then, That's, and I, then I also, love hearing that, you know, this, yeah, no, I, it's, it's very, it's very interesting because, you know, when, I mean, when, when, uh, our founding fathers, when they, when they set up the, the, the constitution, it was not meant to be, you know, a, a, a government, a national government with, uh, uh, colonies governed by, you know, now Washington, DC, it was meant to be sovereign States that came together for very specific and, and small, um, issues. And, and I've had, you know, my, my friend, Joe Wolverton has, has been on my show many times and we've talked deeply about this. And it's a really important thing that people understand. And, and it comes back to really modern issues that we're talking about today. When we talk about national divorce, when we talk about, you know, potentially an upcoming draft, you know, things that are bigger than just, you know, and and I'm not saying just like taxation is theft. So like your tax issues were a big, big deal. And I, and I acknowledge that, but there are other issues that, that, that really resonate with, with the things that you're talking about. Oh yeah. This is, this is, this is so big. This is so far beyond. If I were to cover just the basics and give you just a basic overlay, uh, uh, outline of all the different areas of your life that are very, very markedly affected by this research, I we would be doing a show that would be about five or six hours long just to get just to get a a, a good portion of the way into each of the individual areas that this research goes into. And that's just at this point, that's just now. Right. Now what I'm trying to do is basically the way, the way that the, that the line, the sign line, the wave, the wave, wave, wavelength is on this is I've gone through a tremendous amount of information and definitions and, and all this stuff. Right. And now what I'm trying to do now as I'm coming out the other end of that, and now what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to cut it down, cut it down, cut it down, cut it down, simplify it and speed up the teaching process as much as possible. Now I've gotten it all the way down to where I've simplified it so much that people now it's completely the opposite of what it was six months ago. Six months ago, it was Brandon. I could never learn this. It's way too complicated uh, to some degree. I mean, I, I did a pretty good job, but but I needed a lot of uh, more more work. Now we're on the total opposite end of the spectrum. Brandon, it can't possibly be this simple. If it was this simple, then everyone would be doing it and, and it, we wouldn't have the world that we live in. So now we've hit, the, we've hit the, the bottom, quote unquote, and now what we're doing is now we're reverse engineering and bringing it back up, trying to find the exact mathematical point where the complexity, we're not adding inapplicable complexity. We're adding like stories and fluff and laughter and fun, trying to build up this, the illusion of an idea of complexity of the information to a point where we hit the point of perfect palatability. And that's, that's where a lot of the information is right now. Now, now with that said, there are certain areas that we've really mastered like cars we've mastered, 
uh, uh, nationality and citizenship, which pretty much mastered. Not to say that we're not still learning. We're learning every single day. Uh, financials is an area that is is the main focus right now. It's an area that very few people have really mastered. And the few people who have mastered it, uh, uh, they haven't mastered helping other people to master it. So so financials is is really the main, main area of focus right now. It's it's uh, I actually just released a video today of a show that I had done yesterday that people have been waiting for me to release for probably about six months. And it's a full, full, full breakdown of all of my current research, A to Z involving finances, all in one video in the simplest possible way with all of the source material, all the evidence and all the definitions cleared live in the show. Uh, it's a three and a half hour presentation. Um, but it's about eight months of me working my ass off all day long, every single day, literally squeezed down to three and a half hours. Wow. Yeah. So, so, so that's what, that's what we're trying to do now. And I keep saying we, 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 the reason being is because we have a really big group. It's big now. It's huge. So I have, I have my generalized group, which is just a fucking trillion people. Then I have like my, 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 my inner group, my, my real hardcore people who are like very involved and they're like the research and experiment group. And then I have my inner cloister, which is extremely tiny at the bottom. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, there, there are a lot of people that I, I go to people who I think are masters in the particular area that they specialize in. I try to learn as much as I can and I, I give them money and I, and I help them as much as I can. I try to exchange with them and I, and I promote them as much as I can. Like Monza, uh, Mahatta, I think his name is Monza. Um, he's the guy I've learned a lot about the financial stuff from. I try to drop their names. I try to do everything I can to, to, to flow power back to, or to give, give, uh, appreciation back to the other people who I've learned from. I learn as much as I can and then I bring it back and then I plug it into like what I consider like the full body of information. And I try to, I try to relate it and plug it into the matrix, so to speak of all the information. So I'm like the, I'm like the, uh, the gopher. I go out and I, and I, and I do whatever I have to do. I make, I make relationships and connections and I pay or I do whatever I need to do or show up at seminars, learn everything. And then I bring it back and then I dilute it and plug it in to everything I've already done. And I, I just do that over and over and over and over again. And I just go to the best people I can find. And, and there's a lot of really good people. But I would say I'm probably like the only one-stop shop for this. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. And, and you know, because I know, uh, especially with your sales background, what, if, if you, what would be maybe your 30-second or one-minute, you know, elevator pitch? You know, bottom line, what, what is it? What would be the benefit to somebody um, learning this information, what are the maybe one or two things that, that, that you think would be ideal for somebody knowing this information that they, that, that, that would benefit them? Uh, infinite money, uh, diplomatic immunity, uh, uh, up to the point where you can't hurt people or swindle people, but everything else you have diplomatic immunity from, including tickets, traffic tickets. If there's no victim, there's no crime. Literally, you cannot be prosecuted for anything. You can't even be subpoenaed. Um, uh, you no longer have any taxation at all whatsoever taken out of your job. You don't even file taxes if you have your own corporation. There is no filing at all, unless you make money directly from the District of Columbia, for example, if you're a defense contractor. 
um, you, uh, you, you literally can't be sued. You, you can't be prosecuted for, for anything. It's, it's basically physically impossible to arrest you. It's, it's, you, they would need to prove a, a mind blowing amount of evidence. All your big, huge monster politicians, your Hillary Clintons, your, your Barack Obamas, they are all the same status as what we're doing. They've done all of these same processes that we're doing. Uh, they just don't tell anybody about it. Okay. So obviously like you give that kind of elevator pitch and I'm going, whoa, okay, well I'm, I'm listening, you know, but it sounds too good to be true. So like, um, you know, so, so are we talking about like becoming a sovereign citizen? Like what, what are we talking about here when, you know, what, what's the, what maybe so not sovereign the citizen, like sovereign citizen is an oxymoron. Sovereign means King, uh, citizen right. means subject. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so the thing is, is that, okay, so, so to start this off, I don't know how to do a screen share on Zencaster. So I'll just, um, we're going to do audio anyways. So basically I have a whole presentation that's changed quite a lot recently. Um, but, but it's still pretty much the same skin and bones. If you go to the internet, you can type in, uh, statutes and you can type in laws and you can type in whatever you want. And it'll pop right up. Right. So you type in 28 space USC space. 3002. And then you click on Cornell Law School and you go down to subsection 15 and it's going to say United States in quotations means. And then you're going to look at definition letter A. It says a federal corporation. So United States is a federal corporation. And you ask yourself, well, where is that corporation located? Right. You're going to go to UCC, which stands for Uniform Commercial Code, 9-307. And you're going to go down to subsection H on Cornell Law. I like Cornell. I think it just looks better. And sometimes the definitions are clickable and you can, it's just better. I just like it more. Uh, subsection H says location of United States. And then below that, it says the United States is located in the District of Columbia. Then you go to Dun & Bradstreet. Dun & Bradstreet is a, is a, a business directory. So, so you ask yourself, oh, everything's listed on Dun & Bradstreet. No, private trusts are not listed on Dun & Bradstreet. Only public corporations are listed on Dun & Bradstreet. Okay. Right. So if you go to Dun & Bradstreet and you type in uh, government of the United States, it'll come up. I'm looking at it right now because it's audio only. Uh, doing business as U.S. government. And then you scroll down. It says key principal is Joseph R. Biden Jr. And it's got a whole thing. And if you paid Dun & Bradstreet to, to get all the additional information on this, then you'd get all sorts of other information. Employees. Um, phone number is locked. You have to pay ESG rating, ESG industry average. Now this gets crazier. If you go to Dun & Bradstreet and you type in state of California and hit enter, you're going to see that um, state of California is also a private corporation. Now, if United States as a corporation is located in the District of Columbia, you bet your ass, State of California as a corporation is also located in the District of Columbia. I don't have any way to prove that. I don't have anything that says in black and white, 
state of California is located in the district of Columbia. Right. I'm telling you from all the research I've done and I, you know, there's certain areas of this that I have hardcore irrefutable evidence that I will show you and I will talk about during the show. And there's other areas where I don't yet. And yet is the key word because I will find it eventually, or I'll make it if I have to, meaning I will through, through my own lawsuits. If I have to, I will yeah, create FOIA requests, et cetera, FOIA requests. Right. So state of California says key principle is Gavin Newsom. Now, Let's type in another one, County of Los Angeles. Now, keep in mind, unincorporated areas, for example, unincorporated areas of, of Texas, you're not going to find anything on Dun & Bradstreet because they aren't corporate elements. They're unincorporated. Right. So you've heard this unincorporated county or unincorporated town. What that means is it's a town that's actually where the town says it is. It's not located in the District of Columbia. That's why if anyone listening to this, if they live in an unincorporated area, that's fucking amazing. You have no idea how awesome that is. That that Once you do some of the processes that I teach, if you live in an unincorporated area, you're basically, you can just label your property as a different country and it's instantaneously whatever country you name it. And I will show you and prove that I can prove, which is insane. Wow. Okay. That's brand new. That is insane. This is brand new. Micronations, yeah. brand new. Like, like, like probably 10 days ago, I broke this. Okay. County of Los Angeles, if you go to Dun & Bradstreet and you scroll down, this is this is very upsetting and very wild. It says you're doing business as Los Angeles County Tax Collector. County <laughs> of Los Angeles and Los Angeles County Tax Collector is the same fucking entity. Wow. It's a, it's a private corporation. The key principle is... Fezia Davenport. Okay. Now check this out. Let's type in city of Los Angeles. City of Los Angeles is also a private for, uh, for-profit corporation located in the District of Columbia. It's listed on Dun & Bradstreet and the key principal is Eric Garcetti. So this is a corporate hierarchy. And all of these corporations are located in the District of Columbia. So when you file for voter registration and you say that you're a resident of state of California and you say it in all capital letters, you're saying that you are a resident of the corporation called state of California, which is physically located in the District of Columbia, which is exactly why you have to do jury duty and why you have to pay uh, state taxes and federal income taxes because you don't live in America anymore. You live in the District of Columbia. You pay state taxes because you've signed under penalty of perjury that you live in the District of Columbia. You live in a corporation that is located in the District of Columbia. If you go back, if you go on a Wikipedia and you, and you research when all of the states were ratified as states into the American Union, the United States of America, and you go back to California's original name that it was originally named when it joined the union, it was called California Republic. So California Republic and state of California are two completely different entities. They're structured entirely differently. One is incorporated. One is not incorporated. And one is located in the District of Columbia and the other one is not located in the District of Columbia. So people always ask me, will I be able to vote if I do this? Not necessarily. Hey, if you have a voter registration form 
and you cross out state of California and you write in big letters above it, California Republic, and you sign it and you send it in and they approve it, which they will, you can vote and you don't live in the District of Columbia. So you've, you've, kind, of, you've kind of hacked the system, right? Right. So they come to you and they say, oh, we want our tax money because you say, you know, we have this, this, uh, this document that says that you live in the state of California. And you're like, no, you don't. What the fuck's wrong with you, bro? This is harassment. Don't call me again. I don't live in the state of California because the thing is that you don't. You live in California Republic. And if you live in California Republic, you don't have a state or federal tax liability. Okay. So, and, and I'm like, I'm following you and this is, this is fascinating to me. Like one of the issues that I, that I see is, I mean, obviously is the big gun issue. I mean, you know, at some point, um, tax collectors have the big guns and they can come and get you. Um, you know, we, we've, we've seen that, but you know, political prisoners is not, it's definitely something that the United <laughs> States do does do. Um, and you know, whether they're, they're guilty or not. Um, like, so, so, so talk to me about I'll, like, I'll explain that to you. yeah, yeah, go ahead, easy. please. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so the most important thing in all of this and the most important thing when you're creating your own nation, which I've done, and the most important thing when you're doing all this information, as I've learned through many, many years or I mean, if you were to compile all the hours I've spent on this, it's a lot more than just a couple, two, two and a half years like I've actually done. It's probably more like in most people's heads, probably more like a 10 years <laughs> because it just all day, every day. I don't even date. Literally, it's like it's like insanity. It's like nerd nerd out like to the max, right? Um, 18 USC 11 is is the secret, in my opinion, to everything. Like it's okay. just it's it's the absolute. It, it's like the holy grail of secrets. And, and this is where someone applying this information will either fail miserably or, or succeed miraculously. 18 USC def, uh, 11 is the definition of the term foreign government. Okay. And, and it, it, I'm skipping around a little bit because yeah, I want to answer your question, but we can, we can talk about how does, how does one create a foreign government? How does one structure a foreign government? It's very, very easy. So easy. In fact, you won't believe me. So, so 18 USC 11 defines a foreign government. It says the term foreign government includes any government, faction, or body of insurgents within a country with which the United States is at peace, irrespective of recognition by the United States. Now, there's a lot to break down there. Okay, yeah, wow. So the thing is that you do not need to be recognized at all to be considered a foreign government as long as you're at peace. Now, the term at peace, that's that's a that's a that's a that's a big one. Right. You got to think to yourself, what does that even mean? What does it mean in relation to my relationship with the United States Corporation? that's located in the District of Columbia. What does it mean with my relationship to state of California, which is located in the District of Columbia? What does it mean with my relationship to other nations and friends? And what does that mean? So if we go to, if we go to Black's Law, I like the fourth edition the most. It's quite a bit older. It's like um, probably 1940 or something. And you're going to look up the definition of the word peace. And you think to yourself, oh, why do we need to look up the word peace? Like, I don't know what the word peace means. Well, 
Yeah. It's, it's nothing, nothing. When you start to dig into all this, you realize that nothing's quite that simple. And then, you know, one thing I do want to say is there, there's people on, on the mainstream side of the equation that say that, that black's law is a bunch of bullshit. Uh, I've talked to lawyers that think that black's law is a bunch of bullshit. Right. Um, and there's people on my side of the fence, not to take sides because then divide and conquer can happen. But, uh, there's people on my side of the fence that think that Black's Law is a bunch of bullshit. It's for it's for dead people. Black means death. Right now, here's right. the deal. Here here's the absolute fact of the matter. Black's Law is a bunch of definitions of words and terms that came from court cases. Now, in these court cases, whoever these people are that went through and 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 tried to figure out what the definitions of these words mean, they might have spent four hours, 12 hours, a month, whatever they spent to try to figure out what in the flying F some of these words mean. And then what Black's Law is, it's a culmination and, and, a, and a collection of all of the various court cases and locations where, where, where the, the legal system has spent a lot of time and effort trying to locate and, and clarify the definitions of words, terms, and phrases. And I'll tell you right now, it is mind-blowing. The, 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 looking up things in Black's Law Dictionary will, will change your life every day of your life. <laughs> you, okay. you will, you will you, your, your entire mind will be altered and, and you will go through an evolutionary human process every single fucking day day of your life if you just start looking up words out of a curiosity in Black's Law Dictionary. And, and Black's Law is very, very overwhelming for most people. So what you can do is you can just kind of like scan down a whole bunch. Look up the definition of the word corporation. You're going to find eight pages of complete fucking insanity. Okay. Oh, now, now, now you can just scroll down all that. And you just scroll through it and scroll through it, and you're gonna pick out little pieces. It's like it's like a it's like a fruit tree, and and eighty percent of the fruit is rotten, but twenty percent is like the best fruit you've ever had in your entire life. Okay. You're gonna go through, and you're gonna like try to see if you can you can pick out that that good fruit you want that amazing fruit. That's what you're trying to do a lot of times, and and as you do that more and more and more, it's going to become less overwhelming. You're going to get more out of it, and then before, well, not before you know it, because it's probably going to be a little while, but eventually, it's 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 all going to make sense pretty much, or 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 the twenty percent becomes the eighty percent, and then that's kind of where I'm at. The the twenty percent has become the eighty percent. It ain't a hundred percent. I'll tell you right now, man. I get my ass handed to me, you know, sometimes. But I'm at about 80%. When I read, I'm like, all right, I'm about 80% here on this. And I'm going to keep going. I'll be at 85, then 90, then 95, and then sure. 98 eventually, right? So, so the definition of the word peace, it says here, the tranquility enjoyed by a political society, internally by the good order which reigns among its members, and externally by the good understanding it has with all other nations. Uh, applied to the internal regulations of a nation, peace imports, which means like gives you the idea of, in a technical sense, 
not merely a state of repose and security as opposed to one of violence or warfare, but likewise a state of public order and decorum. So it's sort wow. of like this. So, so the definition of peace is, is tranquility enjoyed by a group of people that come together and there's an internal aspect and an external aspect. The internal aspect is, is, is good order and the external aspect is good understanding with external groups. Okay. When it's applied internally, it basically, it, it means like a certain like, like feeling of comfort and security as opposed to violence or warfare. So for example, in the United States, the corporate version of the United States, we don't have internal peace. No, not at all. Right? As per the definition. Right. Now, now it also says here, uh, uh, a state of public order and decorum. So, 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 if you were to go into history, you say you're you're a history buff. I, 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 I am sort of, kind of, as long as it's it's secondary to me reading definitions and, and statutes. But if I have to go and 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 research the history to clarify the statutes and the definitions, and you bet your ass, I'm going to be there. Right. So, so, so England expanded around the whole planet. It didn't expand throughout the whole planet Genghis Khan style. It expanded around the whole planet because it gave a, the culture itself is a culture and it still is of public order and decorum. You see these videos on the internet of guys getting pulled over by bobbies in London and they're like, Hey, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't uh, doing that. I'm like, no, no I th- you know, I think you were. And it, uh, and the guy's like, oh no, no, I wasn't actually doing that. Actually, uh, um, you know, I, I think that you're, uh, I think that you're incorrect about your opinion. Oh uh, no, oh no, I don't, I don't believe I am. Actually, I don't believe. I- it's like it's insane in America. Right. They have guns out by that point, <laughs> right? Do you see what I'm saying? I love guns, by the way, but I'm just saying, like, like the the, the heated, no, I, unnecessary, I insane. You know, you don't have the culture that in is the is culture. One- yeah, the culture is one of of you know we're going to talk this thing through versus we're going to just get heated and and you know bite each other's heads off. Yeah, and that that that's all manufactured in America, right? Right. So so the thing is is that th- there's there's a lot to this. Okay, so so we have we have the idea of micronations. Like you go on my website and I have my own my own nation called the Nation of the Amnesty Coalition. And you say like, how in the fuck can that happen? Right. It's actually very very simple. We actually broke in, broke into this uh, really recently. Really recently, like, like I said, like ten days ago, right? Okay. And all it requires you to do is just just clear up a few definitions, and and I have all those definitions uh, on my on my website. Give me one second. I'm gonna make a note here. Put peace definition on explanatory statement. I actually want this definition on my paperwork. Okay. So. Uh, if we go to uh, the Nation of the Amnesty Coalition page that I have, and we go down, I have all the definitions here ready to go, and I'm going to add peace. I don't know why I didn't add that on here, but so we have a few a few definitions that we need to clear up before we get into the definition of nation, which is going to absolutely change your life. Okay, so okay. The first one is body politic. The definition of body politic is state or nation or public associations. Very simple. A lot of these, all these words mean the same thing. It's just that no one knows that, right? So definition of society, an association or company of persons generally unincorporated 
united together by mutual consent in order to deliberate, determine, and act jointly for some common purpose in a wider sense, the community or public, the people in general. Okay. Pretty simple. What's the definition of the word state? In its largest sense, a state is a body politic or society of men. (laughs) It all means the same thing, right? Now, now keep in mind, none of these things I've, I've talked about so far have anything to do with a physical location. Right. Now, this is now that we've cleared those three up, the definition of the word nation, I, I dug and I dug and I dug and I dug and I found a court case where a guy explains the definition of the word nation in great detail. And it is, it is the most life cha- one of the most life-changing things I've ever found in, in all of my research. He says, or she says, I'm assuming it's a he, uh, an independent body politic a society of men united together for the purpose of promoting their mutual safety and advantage by the joint efforts of their combined strength. But every combination of men who govern themselves independently of all others will not be considered a nation. A body of pirates, for example, who govern themselves are not a nation. To constitute a nation, another ingredient is required. The body thus formed must respect other nations in general and each of their members in particular. Such a society has her affairs and her interests. She deliberates and takes resolutions in common, thus becoming a moral person who possesses an understanding and will peculiar to herself and is susceptible of obligations and rights. Wow. I I need to break that down, but man, that's, that's, there's some, there's some real consequence there. A nation is a body of individuals who are at peace. It's a body of individuals who have decorum It's a body of individuals who respect and appreciate the people inside their group. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a body of individuals that act as a collective whole. They act as though they are one body, sort of like the billions of cells in your body that all form together into one form, which is your body, your physical body. They use the same words, right? It's the same exact idea The the, you are all the people of your group or your podcast even, they are the cells that make up a body. As long as that body respects and, and has decorum and appreciates and does not have vengeance and acts at peace between its own members and as a, as a political body against uh, 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 in respect to external nations, right? you have a nation. That's insane. <laughs> You have a nation. You have a nation, and you can actually file documentation to join the United Nations. You have a nation. Now, what what would be the name, the technical term, for an individual that has been specifically and officially recognized by the group for nation-to-nation relations? A diplomat? Uh, You got it. Okay. You've got it a diplomat or an ambassador. Yeah. This is how you get diplomatic immunity. Okay. 
Because wow. as per 18 USC 11, foreign government defined, you do not need to be recognized by the United States government to be a f- officially classified as a foreign government. Okay. And, and man, like th- this is kind of blowing my mind. I, you, you can't see, but you, hopefully you can hear, <laughs> but uh, um, like what kind of, what when, when people hear this or, or when, when, well, let me ask you this first, what kind of pushback or, or um, court rulings or, you know, what kind of, 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 um, you know, things can, can you provide to kind of like uh, substantiate what you're talking about? Cause, cause like the definitions are one thing, but again, like getting that past a judge is another, I think. Mm. So if you look back on the time machine, the uh, website time machine, you can go back and look at old versions of a website. You can type in any website and then they'll have like uh, a big grid and it'll have like all the different dates of when the, when the website was last checked and you can go back and look at, mm-hmm. you can go back and look at web. I've, I've done like um, the greatest page in the universe, Maddox from like 1999. Like I, remember, I used to love that shit when I was little, like I've gone back yeah. and looked at hell.com, which was like this super insane, like artistic, totally insane website that, had all these like secret clickable locations and it was like a maze. And oh, I went right back on. and looked at a bunch of things from like way back from the mid nineties. Right. If you go onto the, 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 the time machine, which hopefully it's still up. It's like a, it's like a nonprofit uh, system. So I don't know if hopefully it's not gone. I, I would imagine it's still there. It's been there forever. And you go back to my old version of my website and you go to my theory page. I had this admonishment up at the top where it was like, you need to be really careful about all this. Like you really got to study. Like if you don't get it, like don't do it. Like this is not for, you know, if you're not willing to invest 500 plus hours in this, like just don't waste your time. Just, you know, just read it and think it's interesting and move on with your life. And I was like very aggressive at that point. Right now, here I am, uh, two and a half years after having launched my website or wait, no, no, I'm sorry. One and a half years, one and a half years, uh, pushback, nothing, nothing like to the point where, all of our passports are approved. Uh, we fuck them up and we still get them approved. The IRS is calling companies on our behalf and, and assisting us to never pay taxes again. People wow. from the IRS. Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, cases just, just disappearing, dropping left, right, center. Uh, unbelievable. Like, like way beyond what I would have ever expected. And, and what I'm realizing is they, they really do. The, these codes, like, like the, the most religious group on the planet is legal professionals and, and the government. For sure. Yep. And their Bible, their, their Bible to the point where it's beyond Bible, it's, it's literally beyond Bible, are these codes. When you learn the codes and you operate within the confines of the codes and you operate at peace with decorum and respect, it is it is a it is a infallible combination. We are getting diplomatic passports. We are getting tax taxes to just disappear, hundreds of thousands of dollars, mortgages disappearing. 
credit card bills, hundreds of that. I've I've just charged two hundred thousand, and then I have another two hundred thousand that, that that they don't even they don't even call me. Probably because wow. they do a background check on me and they say, "Oh fuck no, we're not going anywhere near this guy," uh, because of the way I have myself set up in law, and they don't even they they've probably already written it off. I didn't even send them anything. So so this is this is big, man. This is not. And and when you say like because I want I want to be clear like when you say you get diplomatic passports or you, you even just normal passports I mean does that mean like you have other for example if you were to go to the state or to the country of, of Mexico or to go to Canada that these other nations um, accept your passports that you're able to travel yes. with that with immunity without yes because uh, the thing is if you go to if you go to eighteen USC one one two. Uh, once you once you go through these processes, you become what's called a a national, which I'll explain on the show. But if you go to eighteen USD one one two, um, oh my God, where is this? What? Oh, I was gonna say I couldn't find it. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> it's gone. <sighs> I'd be very upset. <laughs> so when you when you when you so so let's. Let, let's let's back up a little bit. Let's back okay. up. Okay. So we're gonna go to uh so we know that the United States is a corporation it's located in the District of Columbia, state of California, County of Los Angeles, City of Los Angeles. It's all the same shit. It's all subcorporations. Okay. We're gonna go to 42 USC 9102, and we're gonna go to the definition of the term United States citizen, which is subsection 18. United States citizen means any individual who is a citizen of the United States by law, birth, or naturalization. So you think to yourself, oh, well, I was born in the United States, but hold on there, Tex. The United States means the District of Columbia. So that one's out. Unless you were born in the District of Columbia. That's a whole different story. Mm -hmm. So now we have the next one, law. Are you contracted into the District of Columbia in some way? Like, do you have a, a, a corporation or do you... Like a social or, security number, for example? Like a social security number would be by law, that kind of thing? Yes. Okay. Now, by law, that makes sense, right? But what's funny is the biggest one is actually the term naturalization. That's okay. actually the big one. And it's like, no one knows. What the fuck does naturalization mean? Okay. 8 USC... Section 1101, subsection A23, gives you the definition of the term naturalization. Now, this is where things become so simple, you will not believe me. And it's okay, because there's nothing I can do about that right now. I'm not sure. (laughs) This is brand new. There's like 10 days ago information. I don't know how to, I don't know how to do this. I don't know. I got to reverse engineer this in some way, but it's so simple. You're not gonna. You're gonna think I'm full of shit, which is okay. If you think that, then then there's nothing I can do about that right now. So in the right. future, I'll I'll have more for you. Okay. Here we go. The term natural. I'm gonna read this whole thing, and then we're gonna break it down word for word. Okay. The term naturalization means the conferring of nationality of a state upon a person after birth by any means whatsoever. Wow. Okay. So now you think to yourself, conferring. Is that a legal definition or a normal dictionary definition? As far as I'm concerned, I've looked into it. It's the normal dictionary definition, okay? You never know with these people. 
So confer, normal dictionary definition is to bestow an honor, for example, or to invest with some sort of characteristic. It's sort of like a, like knighthood, you know, you're, 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 you're conferring knighthood, conferring ambassador status, conferring even like a job promotion. Okay. It's an authority, it's an authority generally, I guess. Well, you know, the thing about confer is you assume that someone else has to give it to you, but it's not necessarily true. It's not necessarily true. You can give it to yourself. You can confer self-esteem on yourself. Right. You can confer uh, a lack of self-esteem on yourself. You can confer disgust on yourself. It's it's not it's not it's it's th- you've got to think about these things. You got to think about the definitions. It's, okay, confer to bestow anything, to bestow uh, confusion, to bestow uh, uh, improvement, a higher status, a lower status, to confer anything on yourself. Right. It's sort of like it goes back to the age old. You know what you say is what becomes the reality. Right. So let's go back to let's go back to it and let's read it again. 8 U.S.C. 1101 subsection 20, A23. The term naturalization means the conferring of nationality of a state upon a person after birth by any means whatsoever. So we already know what nationality is because we've already cleared up the word nation. Nationality, just it's the it's the you know, it's the it's associated with the word nat- nation. It's the same thing. It just has to do with, you know, your, your status or whatever. Right. We've already looked at the word state. State means the same shit as nation, basically, or society. It all means the same thing. By upon a person after birth, by any means whatsoever. So basically, let's break this down. Naturalization means bestowing the 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 nationality of anything, any group, upon anybody, including yourself, after having been born. By absolutely any means whatsoever. That's the definition of naturalization. So when you when you go into the DMV and you fill out your paperwork for a driver's license and there's the big fucking full screen in California, it's got one question for you. Are you a U.S. citizen? Yes. Yes mm. or no? Right. When you click the yes button, by definition, you just conferred nationality. Right. Of the of the state of the United States, which is a private for-profit corporation located in the District of Columbia after birth on yourself, because it's by any means whatsoever. Right. You just naturalized. And, and and I mean, how often are those things done, you know? accidentally in other words like like you can sign a contract but if you know and and maybe maybe this is a question for you you know let's say i sign a contract um but i don't understand the terms of the contract because it was you know through fraud through um you know whatever reason um you know the 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 terms of the contract are changed or you know i just i can't understand it it's impossible to understand they don't give me enough information you know isn't that a fraudulent conferring <laughs> fraud vitiates all contracts and the word vitiate means from its inception so so there's a little bit like it's important to understand that because it's it doesn't it doesn't some people believe or some people think that fraud destroys the contract from the point of when the fraud is located that's not true actually so in contract law when you prove that there's fraud 
it vitiates the contract, which means all the way back to its inception. So that means that you can actually file claims for damages throughout the entire life of the contract. So, so when you click yes on that DMV notice, you know, because you think you're answering it a certain way, but the fact is you're actually answering it in a different way, wouldn't that definitionally be fraud? Yes and no, because the thing is, is that, is that you have to keep in mind, there's two, there's two points of view. There's, there's, there's our point of view as Americans that live in one of the 50 states, and then there's the point of view of the corporation called the, Uni- the U.S. government or government of the United States or United States, as we saw sure. on the Bradstreet. So on our end of the spectrum as Americans, we feel like we've been had. On their end of the spectrum as the United States government, as an incorporated foreign zone, they feel like, bro. We have these definitions available to the point where you can go on Google and type in what is the legal definition of U.S. citizen, and you can look it up for yourself. You have the opportunity to do so, and you willingly could have clicked yes or no, and there would have been absolutely no difference or any consequences associated with clicking no, but you willingly on your own determinism. Right. So it's like making a deal with the devil. Exactly. You know? You know, that's, that's, that's what it sounds like to me. Like, like we're going to, we're going to, we're going to stack you with all these rules and definitions. It's up to you to find what the rules and definitions are and, um, and, and, you know, fine. It's your responsibility. So here's, I guess here's my next question. When you do such a thing and, you know, I think we've all done such a thing from, from one aspect or another, you know, is there a way to undo that thing? You do it all the time. You do it when you fill out your paperwork for work. You do it when you fill out your W-9 for taxes. When you fill out W-9, you're signing under a penalty of perjury, which is a felony up to one to three years in prison, that you are a U.S. citizen or other U.S. person. Take a look at your W-9 form. You will see that. Okay. You sign it when you get a marriage license. You sign it when you get any sort of government benefits. You sign it for your Social Security documentation. You sign it all the time. Mm-hmm. You're committing felonies constantly and not knowing it. Constantly committing felonies. They'll never prosecute you for these felonies because they don't want anybody knowing that you're committing felonies, but you are committing felonies. So uh, the answer to your question is uh, uh, two, twofold, right? So the first one is, I've memorized this, it's so cool. Uh, uh, 26 USC 877A. We're going to go down to subsection, I forget. Uh, the definition of the term expatriate. The term expatriate means, A, any United States citizen who relinquishes his citizenship. There's a second part, but we're not going to get into that. So if you've naturalized, as per 8 U.S.C. 1101 subsection A23, by conferring the nationality of the state of the District of Columbia, or otherwise known as the United States, same shit, but on yourself after birth by any means whatsoever, is it that easy to now get away from it? And the answer is yes. All you have to do is we've already defined what a nation is. A nation is just a group that respects its own people, respects other people, and has decorum and and is a moral person as a as a congregate whole, like a body right. is full of cells. 
Okay. So you need to naturalize into a new nation. So I've created my own nation called the the Amnesty Coalition. And and the thing is, is that a nation does not need to have a physical location. And I can actually prove this. You're going to go onto Google and type in 8 space F-A-M space 505.2. 8FAM 505.2. This is actually a legal section in the Department of State's codes. And it has all to do with the various different types of passports and passport endorsements and, and, and diplomatic statuses. And it's a lot of information. If you go down to, to diplomatic endorsement number 11, it says here, the bearer is ambassador at large for title. And if you go down to the example that they use to describe what an ambassador at large is, it says ambassador at large for global women's issues. Global women's issues is not a physical location or landmass. Right. Global women's issues is a nation or society or state or body politic. It is a culture. It's an idea. It's a body of people operating together because they have a common goal and a common purpose to improve women's issues nationally or internationally or locally. That's what a fucking nation is. That's what a state is. That's what a society is. That's what a body politic is. And they tell you that in the passport information. You're not an ambassador at large. You look up, if you go into Google and type in what is an ambassador at large, question mark, and it says an ambassador with special duties not appointed to a particular country. (laughs) Wow. Wow. You are manufacturing. You already have your own nation. You already have a bunch of different nations. Your job is a nation. Your friends are a nation. Your buddies that you go on fucking uh, uh, car night, uh, 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 cruise night, all your buddies over there, that's a nation of car enthusiasts. Your, your, your online gaming friends that you play Call of Duty with, that's a fucking nation. It's a larger nation of people who play Call of Duty, and then there's a sub-nation, which is your own buddies that have your own little clan on Call of Duty. The larger nation is, is, is you and all your friends that play Minecraft, and then the, the smaller nation is the, the nation of you and all your close buddies that play on a regular basis. This is, this is, this is diplomatic relations. And ambassadorship is inside of all of us. Whether you like it or not, it doesn't fucking matter. You are a a, a diplomat. You are an ambassador. And you have multiple nations or societies or body politics or states that you are a part of. And guess which one is the only one you're a part of, but it's the only one that you're actually not a part of. The United States of America. The District of Columbia. Right. <laughs> right. 
If you don't live in the district of, you say, "Oh, I'm not a, st- I'm not a nation. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, involved in any nations. I'm only a United States citizen. That's all you've ever used, and it's the only one that you're not. It's the only one that you're not. You're not a United States citizen. You're, you're all these other things. It's the one thing that you're not is the one that you're always saying." <laughs> So, so the thing is, you have to ask yourself, so, so if I'm not a United States citizen, then what am I? And the answer is so simple. It's 8 U.S.C. 1101 subsection A21. The term national means a person owing permanent allegiance to a state. Anything. Your yeah. Minecraft buddies. You're a national of me and my Minecraft buddies, which is the clan name CSN, which stands for cool, super uh, nerds. Right. right. So cool, super nerds is a, is a nation and you're a national of that nation. Now, now this is interesting because it says here it means a person owing permanent allegiance. Permanent. Right. Now, permanent is clickable. It's clickable. Right. Okay, that's it says here. Here's the definition of permanent as per I just fucking clicked on it. The term permanent means a relationship of continuing or lasting nature as distinguished from temporary. But a relationship may be permanent, even though it is one that may be dissolved eventually at the instance either of the United States or of the individual in accordance with law. So permanent doesn't mean fucking anything. It means right. nothing. It's another well, it's bullshit just, term. Know, if if you get married, it's a permanent marriage until it's not. Yeah, and, and if you decide tomorrow that it's not, then it's not. And it's been permanent right. for 24 hours. That's the definition of permanent. Right. Right. That's 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 wild. This is how they trick you. This is the word the word spelling means spells. This is fucking we live in fucking Harry Potter, bro. Seriously, we do. This is Harry Potter. We're in Harry Potter. Yeah. That's why I like Cornell Law School, because Cornell Law School links a lot of really cool definitions that you can click on that you honestly, possibly, maybe would have never found. Right. Oh, I'm going to be doing a deep dive on this, on that. That's, That's fascinating. Okay, so we've talked a lot about persons, people. You know, um, so now, 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 hold on one second. So yeah, we're gonna yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna go to the I nine employment eligibility verification form, which is the form okay. that you fill out every time you've ever had a job. You didn't know it, uh, but it's it's from the United States Citizenship and and uh, right. It's the it's immigration the, it's, services, right? Right. If you go down, it says here, check one of the following boxes to attest to your citizenship or immigration status. Box number one says a citizen of the United States. Box number two says a non-citizen national of the United States. And actually what we're doing is getting so big, so fast that the, the, the bold box that you see on the left that says, I am aware that federal law provides for imprisonment and that was literally added to this form like two days ago. Oh, wow. That wasn't here, to, like, like no joke. Like, let's see, let's see the date on this. Um, let's see if there's a date on this. 
Look, on the bottom left of the form I-9, it says here, August 1st, 2023, four days ago, they added that bull box. Wow. So, does, I mean. Now, now, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. If you go down to the I-9 form and you go down to the second page, it says lists of acceptable documents. Okay. It says here. Um. All documents containing an expiration date must be unexpired. Documents extended by the issuing authority are considered unexpired. Employees may present one. So, so, so the way that employment eligibility works is you have to prove identity and you have to prove employment authorization. And right. they have these three different columns, list A, list B, and list C. List A establishes both identity and employment authorization. List B only establishes identity. List B only establishes employment authorization. So you have to have either one document from list A, Mm -hmm. or you have to have one document from both list B and list C, because you have to establish two different things, right? Right. Point number one of list A is U.S. passport or U.S. passport card. Okay. As a non-citizen national of the United States, once you complete your passport process, which I teach you how to do in video number 11 of my free course, you're now completely legal and your passport's good for 10 years. After 10 years, you just simply renew your passport. Wow. And there's a bunch of different types of passports, which I don't know if you want to get into that now, but we can get into that. That's um, uh, uh, 3031 CFR 51.2 or something. I haven't, I haven't covered that one in a little while, but we can cover well, that if well, you want to. I will say, I mean, I know we've got more to cover, but I'd love to have you on again and talk more, more detail on some of the stuff. This is fascinating. This is blowing my mind, dude. This is insane. Um. You are not, if you do not live in the District of Columbia, you are not a U.S. citizen. You are a foreign national. If you are a foreign national, you are not the member of a nation. Very few, unless you're a fucking recluse or some shit. Right. You, You are not a member of a nation. You are the member of many nations, maybe even dozens of them. You are a national. Of all of those nations, some of them might even be your own manufacturer. The chess club that you run, that's your nation. Mm-hmm. The, 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 you could have a bunch of grandmas that come around and talk about knitting and knit shit together, knit mittens. That's a nation. If you run that nation, you are, are, are the king or queen of that nation. Right. You're the, you're the, you, you, you're home, your family. If it's two or more people, it's considered a nation or a society or a body politic or a state. That's right. Yeah. I mean, that's and none of those things, <laughs> none of those nations establish you as a U.S. citizen. And if you're not a U.S. citizen, you don't have a, a federal tax liability. And you don't live in state of California because state of California is located in the District of Columbia. So you don't have a state fucking tax either. And I don't live in city of Los Angeles because city of Los Angeles is located in the district of Columbia. So I don't have a fucking city tax either. 
So how does one uh, deal with authorities, police? Um, you You're know, a diplomat. You're a diplomat. If you go onto my website and you go to the state national resources page, it's a little bit advanced. Yeah. There, and you scroll down a little bit. I have posted the entire manual on how law enforcement is trained to deal with consulars and ambassadors. And you'll see here, it'll say, click here to see a PDF of a diplomatic and consular immunity guide that was made for law enforcement. You're going to click on that. And it's the original document from the United States Department of State Office of Foreign Missions. And you just read it. Diplomatic and consular immunity, guidance for law enforcement and judicial authorities. This, this, this document explains exactly how law enforcement is trained to deal with foreign diplomats, consulars, and ambassadors. Wow. All you do is you learn. We, we operate the as secret the, as code the, that spells the things that you need to say. As the, as the, as the, as the king of the ambassador coalition, or I'm sorry, as the amnesty coalition, the king of the am- amnesty coalition. What we operate off of as the nation of the Amnesty Coalition, we operate off of Sun Tzu, the RBI. Okay. Yeah. And the most important point that we operate as a nation that we love the most from Sun Tzu is know thy enemy. And what I've done is I've taken that idea from Sun Tzu and I've taken it to the, the ultimate extreme. And it's actually in all of our documentation that we send the Department of State to do special passports. If someone wants to join the Amnesty Coalition, I have an explanatory statement on my website on the Amnesty Coalition Nation page that you can fill out and change and attach to your passport application form to get a special, the special diplomatic passport and all the good stuff. If you, if you know your enemy so well, do they cease to become your enemy? Theoretically, I mean, I mean, it's possible for them if to, you know, if you know enemy. their entire history, if you know what they love to wear, if you know their favorite colors, if you know no. their favorite, if, if you know how they think on a day to day basis, if you know all their problems, if you know all their worries, all their concerns, their sleeping patterns, their health problems, if you know, if you know their entire family, if you know what they like, what they dislike, if you, if you know everything about them, how can that person be your enemy? Right. And that is the, besides 18 USC 11, which is the definition of foreign government defined being peace and the definition of peace, because if we lose that, we lose everything. Besides that, this is, this is our second biggest uh, concern or tenement or whatever you want to call it. This is our, this is our this is our uh, when you when you look up the 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 nation of the Amnesty Coalition explanatory statement, I call it the covenant of an ambassador of the Amnesty Coalition. It's a covenant. Okay. Yeah. It's a covenant to 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 always be looking up the definitions of words, the definitions of terms, the definitions of symbols, the definitions of phrases, helping other people clarify these things, understanding and knowing everyone and everything, friend or foe at all times. It's a covenant to peace. Hmm. Right. 
which yeah which which is what keeps the nation at peace and keeps it a nation right people I mean, always ask me like you got you worried about having the fbi break down your door no because the thing is inside my documentation if anyone does anything that's not peaceful automatically as per the covenant itself they lose membership and ambassadorship to the amnesty coalition automatically without me having to say or do anything right yeah um man there's so much i mean the rabbit hole i i can see why it goes so deep man <laughs> it's crazy t t talk a little bit about we like i said like i was about to say we, we talked about persons and people what about property like how do you deal with cars homes you know bank accounts like what are what are some things that um you know, what are some of the advantages of having this diplomatic other than taxes? I mean, that's a biggie, but, but what other things, um, you know, advantages can you have with, as it pertains to property? So the way the government works, if you, if you look up the definition of the word corporation, um, like I said, there's like 900 definitions, but we'll just keep it simple. I'll just give you like one. If you go into you know, in the in the in the sovereign citizen movement, whatever you want to call it, I don't care. I don't I don't classify myself. Anyone anyone calling themselves a sovereign citizen, you know, I wouldn't. I would be very careful around that person. They, they might be on the path to enlightenment, but they are they are missing some shit, real real serious shit. Okay, uh, because that's that's not the 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 two words are. That's like saying a, a very fat skinny man or a really motorcycly car or something right. totally asinine. Okay. So if we look up the word corporation, there's two types of corporations, right? And, and, and there is an, an area of all this that is talked about a lot in, in, in a lot of these areas, which is the all caps name, which I'm sure you've heard about that, right? Right, right, yes. And it's like, all right, all right, you know, this and that. But, but no one, no one, except me, I, I've looked at a lot of guys, has ever, has ever taken the time to really show the original source material that actually proves that. I try to prove everything I can as best as I can. And if I can't, I'll just say it. Like, like earlier in the show, there was a part I couldn't quite prove. You know, I think it was the location of state of California. But it's like, you know, there, there has a certain point where I don't have black and white anymore for you. It's more like, it's more like I'm just connecting these external dots. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so definition of corporation. This is so important. Public and private. This is from Black's Law, 4th edition. A public corporation is one created by the state for political purposes and to act as an agency in the administration of civil government. Okay. So when you were born... And they sent your birth certificate to the Department of Health and Human Services. They opened up a, a corporation of your name in all capital letters. That corporation was created by the state for political purposes and to act as a, an agency in the administration of civil government, right? Now, everyone thinks that's all evil. I, th I teach it differently. The government is only interested in commercial activity, and we're going to show that when we start getting into cars. All they care about is commerce, commerce, commerce. That's all I talk about. Everything in the entire United States Code, the CFR, the UCC. The UCC right. is called the Uniform Commercial Code. Like well, it's not, it, this isn't I mean, a it, secret. This is like- It, it makes sense if, if you understand the Constitution that that's the one thing that they can regulate between states is commerce. It's the easiest exactly. thing for Congress to reg regulate. 
they took that teeny tiny itty bitty little hole right and they turned it into this gigantic monstrous fucking grand canyon yep and that's that's the whole that's the whole scam that is the entire scam they took that little teeny itty bitty little in and they and they and they dug it's like it's like Shawshank Redemption for a fucking right. hundred years They've just been chipping away at that little hole to make it as big as humanly possible. And now it's this fucking gigantic gaping monster. It's like the size of a fucking black hole now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so with that in mind, commerce is the definition of administration of civil government. So if we reread this, now that we've spoken about that, a public corporation is one created by the state for political purposes and to act as an agency in the administration of civil government. Now, what if we replaced administration of civil government with commerce? Let's reread it. A public corporation is one created by the state for political purposes and to act as an agency in the administration of commerce. Now it makes sense. Now it makes sense. Now, does an incorporation give you limited liability in commerce? Do you know the answer to that one? Well, I, I would think so. I mean, that's why you have like LLCs and exactly. you know, different, different LLC corporations. means limited liability co- a company or, or corporation. Right, protect, protecting the, the officers of, you know, of the corporation. So, so they gave you a public corporation. They created it for you to give you limited liability in the commercial world. Mm, okay. That's how I look at it. Okay. Yeah. Now, the thing is, is that, is that if you look up the definition of the word person, which you can find everywhere, if you can even find it on, on, uh, on, your, on, your, on your W-9 forms, literally, you can find it almost anywhere. You have to like, no, no one ever pieces this all together so they don't see the importance of it. Some people have thought it was kind of weird, but... 26 USC 7701 is the main definition section for the Internal Revenue Code. We're going to go down to literally the very first definition that they offer us. Definition of the word person. The term person shall be construed to mean and include an individual, a trust, estate, partnership, association, company, or corporation. Wow. So that means that I am a person. And my public corporation that was created by the state as a political corporation to be used as an agency for commerce is also a person. person. Right. So on all the documentation and everything that I get in the mail, who are they writing to? Are they writing to me, the person, or the agency, the person? Well, if it's a, if it's, if it's an official document and it's going to that, you know, uppercase name, you know, that all of a sudden it, yeah, you, it's going to the person who's acting for and in behalf of you, the person. You got right? it. Has the IRS ever written to anyone that's not in all capital letters? I'm going to say no. Take a look. Everybody on this show should take a look. The answer no is correct. Not once probably in the entire history of the Internal Revenue Service have they ever once written to you as the person. Ever. Mm. Wow. Okay. So with that said, you have limited liability in commerce from that person. So why in the fuck 
Are you worried about the letter that the IRS sent you? You have limited liability. They're not writing to you. Who gives a fuck about a fucking tax bill? Who cares? You've got limited liability in commerce. They're, they're, they, this is a commercial transaction. They want money for taxes. Right. That's what they want. Yeah. The problem is, is that you say that you are the corporation. Does the corporation have human rights? No. Precisely. Your hmm. body becomes property. Your body a becomes a corporate body, which is literally a fucking term, corporate body. You can look it up. Your body becomes a corporate body. Your corporate body can then be seized as asset for a commercial lien, and it's placed in an escrow account, which is called a jail cell. <laughs> wow. Okay. But when you operate as a separate person, from this other person, now you have limited liability. So when they write to you, you go like, okay, I, I'm the agent on behalf of the principal, on behalf of the, the public corporation that uh, was created as a political corporation by the state uh, for the, the administration of civil government and commerce. Uh, uh, I have limited liability over this corporation. Uh, what, what, what do you, what do you, what do you want to do here? Like, there's nothing, you know, what, what are you trying to do? Like you want, you want federal reserve notes? What do you want? Like, like, you know, go, go to that person and get your federal reserve notes. That person isn't here. I don't know where right. it is. Uh, you can do a, a million different things. That's just one example. Okay. That's wild. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So, so, so that said, I needed to go on that song and dance to explain cars to you. So we're going to go to 18 USC 31. And and where do you go to get your license, registration, and driver's license? DMV, MVD. What does DMV state. stand for? Motor Vehicle Department. Department what is the definition? What is the definition of motor vehicle? Um, a vehicle that is uh, authorized to drive on the roads of the state. Okay. I'm going to rip your face off. You ready? Okay. I'm ready. 18 USC 31 definition of motor vehicle. The term motor vehicle means every description of carriage or other contrivance propelled or drawn by mechanical power and used for commercial purposes on the highways in the transportation of passengers passengers and property or property or cargo. And wow. guess what? Guess what? If you that's subsection 6. If you scroll down to subsection 10, they've even taken the time to define the entire term used for commercial purposes. Okay. Used for commercial purposes has what its is own separate definition, subsection 10. The term used for commercial purposes means the carriage of persons or property for any fare, fee, rate, charge, or other consideration, or directly or indirectly in connection with any business or other undertaking intended for profit. Wow. Commerce. Wow. So 
you driving your vehicle to a to your friend's house is has nothing to do with commerce has nothing to do with you're not being you're not getting paid you're not doing anything for a profit um it doesn't apply yep now uh, 49 code of federal regulations section 390.5t which stands for transportation has the definition of the word driver guess what the word driver means driver's license Guess what that means? Driver. I am going to uh, go out on a limb and say somebody who operates a motor vehicle for commercial purposes. Something. Bada bing, <laughs> bada boom. Driver means any person who operates any commercial motor vehicle. You know, my wife. See, this cracks me up because because I always complain to my wife whenever I go to the DMV. I feel this dark hole in my heart whenever I go there. It it just it is so painful because I always think to myself like, oh what, like like did did we like license like first of all who am I licensing my car to like that makes no sense to me like just the idea of getting a license to drive a vehicle that I own is insane. Number two, yep, like, did we, insane. did we, and did, did we like get a license to, did we have to license our horses back in the day? Like none of it makes sense to me. And, and, and so, so this is actually kind of uh, refreshing to my soul because it's, because it's, it's verifying a lot of like of my deep hatred for the DMV. <laughs> The, the way the way the DMV views all this is you came to them and said, I would like to operate as myself as a driver in the commercial world. I would like to have a license again, like you said, that little teeny little inner interstate commercial world that they've transformed to this Grand Canyon and 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 you willingly. And of your own volition went in and and you contractually obligated yourself to operate inside of uh, uh, commerce. Now, it gets, it gets crazier. It gets crazier. What is the definition of registration? This is going to... I found this like two months ago, bro. It just ripped my fucking face clean off. Okay. Go to Google registration. Go to motor vehicle theft protection prevention prevention program. Okay. Let me see if that's the correct terminology. Motor vehicle theft prevention program USC. Mm, it could be theft protection hold on hold on let me go to my website theft prevention uh 34 usc section 12611 okay oh man this made me this this is upsetting this is really pretty enraging okay this registration not not your actual license plate but the sticker that goes on it Right. The license plate shows that you're in commerce. The registration sticker shows that you're an active paying participant in the motor vehicle theft prevention program. Right. <laughs> what is the motor vehicle theft prevention program? Look at this. This is this is this this is gonna make some people angry and 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 I don't blame you. 
the owner of a motor vehicle may voluntarily sign a consent form with a participating state or locality in which the motor vehicle owner states that the vehicle is not normally operated under certain specified conditions and agrees to display program details, uh, 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 decals, or devices on the owner's vehicle, which is your tag, Right. And here's the big kicker. Here's the big one. Here's the big bombshell. And permit law enforcement officials in any state to stop the motor vehicle and take reasonable steps to determine whether the vehicle is being operated by or with the permission of the owner if the vehicle is being operated under specified conditions and participating states and localities authorize law enforcement officials in the state or locality to stop motor vehicles displaying program decals or devices under specified conditions and take reasonable steps to determine whether the vehicle is being operated by or with the permission of the owner. You can't see me. I got, I got my face is red. I got veins popping out of my neck right now. That's insane. Like no, it gets, it gets crazy. Sent it to all this BS. That's it gets insane. crazy. It gets crazier. It says here, section B uniform decal or device designs. Again, this is, Anyone can look at these. I want you to look at these. 34 USC 12611. Here we go. Uniform decal or device design, subsection one. The motor vehicle theft prevention program developed pursuant to this section shall include a uniform design or designs for decals or other devices to be displayed by motor vehicles participating in the program. The uniform design shall Subsection A, be highly visible. Subsection B, explicitly state that the motor vehicle to which it is affixed may be stopped under the specified conditions without additional grounds for establishing a reasonable suspicion that the vehicle is being operated unlawfully. You have waived all of your rights. There's all these videos of these fucking sovereign citizens on the internet saying, right. what is your reasonable, articulable suspicion? If you have tags on your vehicle, you've waived all of those rights. They don't need RAS to pull you over. Wow. They don't That's need insane. anything. They don't need any. They could, they could say, I don't like... I mean, I don't know. You could be a black guy. I don't like black guys. They can pull you over. You've waived. You've you've actually paid. You've paid to be a part of this. Right. Pay every year for it. You've paid. You go get smog checked for it. You you've paid to be a part of this. Now, look at this. Subsection C. Voluntary consent form. The voluntary consent form used to enroll in the program shall 
Number one, you think you're fucking mad. You think you're red. You think your veins are popping out. Get ready for subsection one under voluntary consent form. Clearly state that participation in the program is voluntary. Subsection two, clearly explain that participation in the program means that if the participating vehicle is being operated under the specified conditions, law enforcement officials may stop the vehicle and take reasonable steps to determine whether it is being operated by or with the consent of the owner, even if the law enforcement officials have no other basis for believing that the vehicle is being operated unlawfully. They don't need reasonable, articulable suspicion to pull you over. They need fucking nothing. Wow. You're right. Like screw the fourth amendment, screw all of our right. I mean, this is, this is insane. You paid money to become a slave through a voluntary contractual agreement. Okay, so I, yeah, um, trying to calm down, but let me I, seriously. This is this is again because it's it's stuff that I have felt. I've never been able to articulate, but it's stuff that I've like absolutely like has driven me mad over time seeing all this stuff, like all these revenue officers, like doing nothing but, but collecting revenue for, for the, the county, for the city it, it, it is absolutely insane. It makes me so angry. Uh, but now let's, 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 st- let's, 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 let's go in a, let's go in a positive light. Now we're, we've gone negative. Well, let me ask you one thing though. First, what, and maybe this is going down that road, but, but like, but there is the practical aspect of it. Like when a police officer sees a car without a license, you're going to get pulled over. You're going to have to deal with that situation. Not necessarily less than you would think, but yes, to some degree, that's true. Yes. So you just see here, here's the information you need to follow the law. Is that the idea? Like I'm, I'm no, an ambassador. No. So, so let's <laughs> let's 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 back up a little bit because there's multiple sections to this. Okay. So so first and foremost, there's two different types of jurisdictions. Okay. There's person jurisdiction and there's subject matter jurisdiction. When it comes to cars, both are in effect. Okay. Subject, or I'm sorry, person jurisdiction has to do with you as the person, as you as the as a as an individual man or woman. Now, if you're a US citizen, they have person jurisdiction. If you're a national, they do not have person jurisdiction. That's easy. Now we have subject matter jurisdiction. There's multiple ways that they have subject matter jurisdiction over the vehicle. First and foremost, when you first purchase a vehicle, they give you, or they're supposed to give you, or or once you pay it off, they're supposed to give you what's called a manufacturer's certificate of origin. And you can type that into the internet. It looks just like a birth certificate. It's a birth certificate for a vessel, a boat, a trailer, a car, a motorcycle, whatever, right? Generally speaking, it's called a manufacturer's certificate of origin if it was created in America. 
And it's generally called a manufacturer's statement of origin if it comes from overseas and it's imported here through customs. Okay. MCO slash MSO. Now, if you go online and you research a lot about this MCO MSO, which is hilarious because whatever cars you have, if you if you were to locate the original dealership where that vehicle was originally sold, chances are that dealership still has the MSO upstairs in their in their archive somewhere, the original MSO for the vehicle. Okay. And if you've had if you've paid off the vehicle and you can prove it, you can actually probably call and locate the original dealership, call them and 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 it's pretty wild. It's this is a whole adventure, but you can try to get that MSO or MCO or even pay for their time because it's it's going to take some some time because they don't understand any of this pay to get that M- MSO or MCO. The okay. MSO MCO is the superior title to the vehicle. If you possess the MSO or the MCO, you 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 truly truly own the vehicle, and and the the Department of State and the police can't do a goddamn. It's like thing. having a holding bond or something like that. They don't have subject matter jurisdiction if you have access to the MSO or MCO. Now, you do your research on MCOs, MSOs. When you buy a brand new vehicle, let's say you pay cash. When they say, "Would you?" Uh, it's two hundred and eighty dollars, Mister Williams, for license and registration. Would you like us to handle that for you? And you say yes. They send the MSO to the Department of Motor Vehicles because what's happening is is you're basically giving the Department of Motor Vehicles the original superior title over the vehicle because you you that's part of the contract to operate in the commercial world as a motor vehicle. Right. That makes sense. In yeah. exchange, I mean- they give you a certificate of title. If you go online and type in what... You, you don't need to be a rock star, rock star scientist. What What is the definition of certificate of title in law? An official document issued by the state, usually a registrar or other public officer that notes the owners of personal or real property. And then you go and you start looking at the definition of the word owners. doesn't mean what you think it means. So, so to stay away from that word, because it's a confusing word to use, they are the trustees. You're the beneficiary. They hold the superior title through the MCO or the MSO. Right. Through the Department of Motor Vehicles and you going in and voluntarily becoming part of the Department of Motor Vehicles is exactly how you get into the computer systems of the DMV. The computer systems of the DMV are connected with the police computer systems. Right. Yeah, I mean that's how they can look everything up that your entire record on. It's a commercial. Your you're you're in the commercial world. You're in their world now. Right. So 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 there there's there's multiple angles to this. You have registration, which you've already covered. You have the original MSO or MCO. You have the issuing of a certificate of title, and you have license plates. All you got to do is just get rid of all that shit, including your driver's license. I still have one, but I, I signed it in a completely different way that that basically it's it's quote active, but it's it's completely it, it will never hold up in court because uh, of the way I signed it. So 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 now I'm set up in a way where I'm not in commerce anymore at all. I have the MSO. I, I put diplomatic non-commercial manufactured plates on my shit. Now, look. 
there's another kind of number that you can get. Okay. Now, now, now the department of motor vehicles is a sub corporation of the larger main department of the 15 departments of the government. That department is called the department of transportation, right? The department, the, 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 the department of motor vehicles is the commercial subsection inside of the department of transportation, DOT. The DOT issues DOT motor carrier numbers. There's two different types of DOT motor carrier numbers. One is a four dash FOR dash higher motor okay. carrier. And you can look up what is the definition of a four higher motor carrier. And then there's a private motor. Can carrier. we guess which one we want? Private motor carrier. Type in private motor carrier into the internet. You're going to get the the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. It's going to pop right up. And and you're going to say uh, definition. Definition. Definition of private motor carrier. Private motor carrier refers to a company that owns the vehicles used to transport its own goods. A private motor carrier does not transport goods as its primary business and thus does not seek to transport the goods of other companies like a common carrier does. So what they're saying is, is that you're, you are still a company, but you don't officially fit the definition of a commercial activity because you're not carrying your own goods for any exchange of any fee consideration or anything of value. If there's right. no exchanging of any fees or consideration or anything of value, it isn't by definition commercial. When you do that, now by the way, a, 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 a private motor carrier DOT number is completely free and you only need one and you can put that number on all of your boats, all of your motorcycles, all of your RVs, all of your cars, everything. You just need one number and it's free. And you have to go on every two years and update your information to keep it active, which takes about five motherfucking minutes. Wow. When you do this, you no longer need to smog your vehicle. You no longer need license plates. You no longer need a driver's license because you aren't operating in commerce. You no longer need registration stickers and the police no longer have subject matter jurisdiction over your vehicle or motorcycle or boat. Wow. Okay. So what you're talking about is how to become free, right? <laughs> it's all here. Game, it's all here. It's all man. here. Just waiting for you. Uh, Brandon, will you come back? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a blast. I, I hope you have yes. too. I've had a total blast. Oh, dude, I could talk about this. I mean, this is this is my whole existence. This is I breathe. I eat. I I I can't even. This is. I mean. 
I, I, I think, I mean, we've been, we've been here for, for about two hours and you've, you've given us so much to chew on and to, to go over. Let me ask you this, where can people go to find out, like if they're interested in finding out more, they want to listen to your free webinars, like, like how can people get more information and start investigating this for themselves? Because I, I'm going to say like, you know, I, I love how you, you seem to know your stuff, but man, it's your responsibility listeners out there do the get do the find out for yourself you know what is true what works for you um and but this is blowing me away so how can people find out information? yeah like i said like i said for two years i wouldn't listen to a word of this and then for six months i quietly studied by myself and told like one person i was doing it so um i am that guy i am that guy so so i understand if, if you are going to be that guy or one of your listens are going to be that guy, but I will tell you, I started in September of 2021. It was very hard to piece together the information. It was very, very hard to find really solid information fast. It's only been a year and a half. I'm telling you, you go online, you find people like me who, who are studying this. The information that we have now is a hundred times better, simpler, and faster than it was even in 2021. This is, and, and in another year, it's probably going to be 500 times as good as it was in 2021. This is well, that's good. Cause we need lots of people that, that are, that are breaking away from, from the slavery of the state, man. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on one stupid <laughs> All right. And I have a, I have my Facebook is very active with all of my new information. Uh, you can sign up for my free contract killer course. I do send out generally weekly update emails with new shows. This show will go on there uh, as a release. Uh, I'm on two or three shows a week now. Um, and I try as best as I can in my contract killer course to, to take a lot of time uh, and really, really clearly explain and, and enlighten everyone to, to, to who I learned from. I learned from this guy and 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 this guy about this and about this. And you can go out and you can locate all of those people. And I show you in the course how to locate every single one of those individuals who have contributed to this or, or, or contributed is even, I mean, they're, they're the, they're the Kings of that area. And I went to them to get the information like James C. Lovett or, or Christopher Hauser or, or Monza. And, and these people, um, I explain how to find them, how to find their information, where to go, how I learn from them. So, so you can, you can watch my course and then you can branch off to any other areas that you want to go to, uh, based off of that. Uh, if you want the text-based version, which actually has the the hottest, newest information, but it doesn't have a lot of the how to's, the how to's are more of a show and tell, which is in the videos, uh, is the state national theory page. You can also download the first six versions of Black's Law in a PDF form on my state national theory page. Fantastic. Well, Brandon, Joe Williams, dare I say, thank you for being part of the and if love remains nation. I love it. Yeah. That's how it should be, man. That's exactly <laughs> right how it should be. Mike is gone. You are listening to and if love remains. First of 23 installments requested by Dr. Levitt. Trying to be in compliance here because we're taking him and that whole organization down.